And we are recording March the 9th, March 9th, it is uh, 2023, and um, our uh, study pastor, Reverend Davis, has passed on and he is with Christ, and this happened yesterday. <clears throat> we're praying for Carrie, his wife, I know they were married probably 50 or more years, probably more than 50 years, and the family, he's... She, the children are up here from various places. She's not by herself. So we'll keep that family in prayer. Dot Ayers, our neighbor from two doors down, um, she has developed a congestive heart failure, and they have her on hospice. Uh, Christian talked to her yesterday, and she was in good spirits. But she said she was just praying that the Lord would take her on. She's 94, and she talked about how much she loved uh, Thursdays for bringing food down there from a study here. So, Does she have any family with her? Oh, yeah. She's got two a couple of daughters and a son, and so she's got people around. She's In fact, she's at her daughter's house. It's not cats, it's chirping chickens. We hatched out some baby chicks, and I'm sure everybody on the podcast hears that. And um, Anyway, uh, Marco's salvation for his son. The residents of East Palestine, Ohio, for truth to be found out. Marta and Charles from Sebron. Bassie and Linda and John and Ruby, our friends Larry and Sheila. Pray for Paula to overcome pain in her back and sciatica. Bella for addiction, victory over it. Janice and for Mimi. Our children, our grandchildren. Chuck Knipp, Bob's children, salvation, other family members for the same thing, praying for uh, someone to get a speedy recovery. Bud. Bud. Okay. Folks in Europe are politicians for the truth to come out. January 6th video has got a whole lot of them all up in arms, Mitch McConnell and Pelosi and Schumer. Equal number of Republicans as Democrats. So what does that tell you? There's no difference when it comes to the deep state, right? Praying for Ted. Again for Bud. He was hurt, so fast recovery. Eric, Rex, Ted, unsafe family members. America. Ray for him and Judy. He's hoping that Judy will begin to eat, that they would have wisdom and how to handle that situation. It's just I come to to you, Lord, thanking you for this study. our hearts go out to these that are on the prayer list, particularly tonight, Carrie Davis, and the loss of her husband, Leonard, 
the pastor for our study. I pray God that Carrie be comforted as we know you can comfort and you have in our lives. Be with us tonight as we read from your word in the book of Hebrews. Teach us, God, by your Holy Spirit. And we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I'm in the NIV uh, here. I wanted to really discuss some of these points that are being made. The first chapter of Hebrews at the beginning says, In the past, God spoke to our forefathers through the prophets at many times and in various ways. But in these last days, He has spoken to us by His Son, whom He appointed heir of all things, and through whom he made the universe. He made the universe through Christ. Jesus Christ, the visible image of the living God, he is God's body. That's why he had that conversation in the Garden of Gethsemane. If there be any way that this cup could be passed away from me, you know, let it happen. He's praying to God the Father, His higher self. But the body, just like your own body, can be very hesitant if you see pain coming on, if you're getting a tooth pulled or a splinter taken out. You might say, is there any other way? But then as you reason through it, you will say, not my will, but yours be done, nevertheless. And that's why we saw that scene in the garden. Verse 3, the sun is the radiance of God's glory and the exact representation of his being, sustaining all things by his powerful word. After he had provided purification for sins, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty in heaven. So he became as much superior to the angels as the name he has inherited is superior to theirs. So, um, it says in the past God spoke to our forefathers through the prophets. However, now, he says, in these last days, he has spoken to us by his son. You have a lot of people out there claiming to be prophets. Now, does the gift of prophecy still exist? I think so. <clears throat> Sometimes someone with that spirit gift will be given a word and be um, you know, instructed by the Holy Spirit to share that, whatever it could be, various things. But this isn't something that someone just goes around like <clears throat> Isaiah or Jeremiah who is in constant contact with God and writing down the things that God said. If you look in the book of Amos, um, let's see. And as I said, I'm sure that everybody is hearing those little chickens, but um, we are kind of 
deaf to it or what you, noise blind if that's a thing. Uh, like living next to the airport, you don't hear the jets. <clears throat> Keeping your place in Hebrews, I'm just going to read from Amos 3 and verse 7. It says, Surely the sovereign Lord does nothing without revealing his plans, his plan to his servants, the prophets. <clears throat> and so that was the case. The prophecies of Isaiah, Jeremiah, the other prophets too, major minor prophets. God used to reveal his plans. Now the revelation, the final revelation in this book, came from Christ himself through John, the apostle, to tell you what he was going to do to tell it to you before he did it. It's such a close thing now, it seems. seems almost everything, maybe everything, has already fallen into place for the fulfillment of what we see in the book of Revelation. But no one is a continual prophet these days. If there were such a thing these days, well, they'd be the most famous person on the planet. They wouldn't be wrong about anything. The, the, you know, they, they would, and according to Deuteronomy, I think it's in 18, if you're wrong one time, you're not a prophet of God. You get stoned to death. Yeah. You tell something and it's wrong, it's wrong. And you got to... I mean, even if you see somebody that's being right about certain things, and there have been people right about certain things. One of the few people who thought Trump would win in 2016 was that Asian Indian fellow that wears the orange jumpsuit. like, <laughs> And I think he wears some different colors. He very confidently said he's going to win. This is not going to be debatable. And he did win. The fellow came out again in 2020 and said Trump would win. And he was, you know, rebuked for being wrong. But he wasn't wrong. He was absolutely not wrong. He won the election. And that's all that that fellow said would happen. But he wasn't going around opining on everything and telling you everything that's coming. He just had some prophetic words and he shared that. The majority of these people that are doing that are just taking stabs at things and guessing and they, they say something in such a way as they could come back around and quote unquote fix it. But um, we have the revelation of Christ. We know what to expect right now. And we still have the Old Testament prophecies uh, that, well, Israel was going to come back as a nation. That's what God said. That's what God wrote. And it did. And it did. Ezekiel foretold, prophesied about this battle of Armageddon. 
there are people who believe that the Ezekiel 38-39 war has to happen before Armageddon, which happens in the tribulation. A return of Christ to dwell here on earth in Jerusalem happens at the end of those seven years, that tribulation. So if that's where we're going to go, and we got decades, maybe centuries, before all of the pieces that happen with that Ezekiel war fall into place, and it's played out, and the seven years that it says they're going to be cleaning up the mess has played out, And then somehow we putter along until such time as once again we're in a massive war. Zechariah talked about what was going to happen in this war. Look at Zechariah chapter 14. God's servants, the prophets. Zechariah 14. Verse 12. This is the plague with which the Lord will strike all the nations that fought against Jerusalem. Their flesh will rot while they are still standing on their feet. Their eyes will rot in their sockets. And their tongues will rot in their mouths. On that day, men will be stricken by the Lord with great panic. Each man will seize the hand of another and they will attack each other. Judah too will fight at Jerusalem. The wealth of all the surrounding nations will be collected great quantities of gold and silver and clothing. A similar plague will strike the horses and mules, the camels and donkeys and all the animals in those camps. Then the survivors, don't miss that, survivors. Isaiah 66, I put a note. Verse 19 also speaks of survivors. Looks like Isaiah maybe 24 and 6. Also does. Then the survivors from all the nations that have attacked Jerusalem will go up year after year to worship the King, the Lord Almighty, and to celebrate the Feast of Tabernacles. If any of the peoples of the earth do not go up to Jerusalem to worship the King, the Lord Almighty, they will have no rain. If the Egyptian people do not go up and take part. They will have no rain. The Lord will bring on them the plague he inflicts on the nations that do not go up to celebrate the Feast of Tabernacles. He wants the Feast of Tabernacles celebrated. That's very clear. But when is this? What's while he is on the throne? 
in the millennial age. The Ezekiel 38-39 war and what we just read about in Zechariah 14, this is all the same war. Ezekiel chapter 40 goes directly into describing the millennial temple all the way through 48, nine chapters on how things are going to be. I mean, he, he gives a floor plan of the millennial temple very precisely. Somebody, I don't know if they were Seventh-day Adventists or one of these odd um, <clears throat> denominations said, well, we know that, that this temple's not a real temple because there's no space up there where, you know, it would fit. And they forgot, of course, that God said that the mountains would be leveled and the valleys would be filled. There is space. There will be. There will be. <clears throat> so as we go further on in um, Hebrews 1, verse 5, it says, For which, for to which of the angels did God ever say, You are my son, today I have become your father? Or again, I will be his father, and he will be my son. And again, when God brings his firstborn into the world, he says, let all God's angels worship him. And speaking of the angels, he says, he makes his angels winds, his servants, flames of fire. But about the son, he says, your throne, O God, will last forever and ever, and righteousness will be the scepter of your kingdom. You have loved righteousness and hated wickedness. Therefore, God, your God, has set you above your companions by anointing you with the oil of joy. He also says, In the beginning, O Lord, you laid the foundations of the earth, and the heavens are the work of your hands. They will perish, but you remain. They will all wear out like a garment. You will roll them up like a robe. Like a garment, they will be changed, but you remain the same, and your years will never end. To which of the angels did God ever say, sit at my right hand? until I make your enemies a footstool for your feet. Are not all angels ministering spirits sent to serve those who will inherit salvation? Have we been served by angels? Certainly so. Probably didn't know it. Maybe sometimes you did know it. You know, Bob has an account of a little truck he had that the engine died. At the railroad tracks, the crossing gates were not down. The lights were not flashing. There was no sign that a train was coming, and that truck just died. You want to finish that story? Yeah, it was in San Juan Capistrano. I came up to this railroad crossing with my wife well, many moons ago, and uh, crossing, the lights were flashing, the crossing guards came down, and the train went by, and then the crossing guards went up, and I let out on the clutch, and it just died. 
says, that, you know, I know how to drive a stick and I'll crank an engine. Wouldn't start. Wouldn't start. I would have been on the tracks at that time when another train in the opposite direction came through and I would have gotten, I would have gotten nailed. Mm, you wouldn't have survived. Yeah, the guardrails came down again as that train was passing through. And then when that train went by, it went up, my truck started again, and nothing like that ever happened again. Yeah, I mean, that's just an example, I would say, of angelic protection. I believe. I was pondering that thought the other day that when I finally kick off, I think my guardian angel's going to tell God I want someone with a less of a challenge because <laughs> I've gotten in trouble so many times. Need a debtor, so need a raise. Calls. Yeah. Well, they, they, I think they're, they delight in serving the Lord by ministering and serving to those who will inherit salvation. I think they want to do it. And we should all want to serve the Lord in whatever ways that we can. This book of Hebrews is very much about who Jesus Christ is. Um, a lot of the Jewish people had a whole lot of trouble believing, and still do have a lot of trouble, believing that Jesus Christ is the Messiah. <clears throat> They're looking for someone else. Many of them will fall for the Antichrist. Satan's... One-third. Yeah. Satan's um, counterfeit of the Messiah. Chapter 2, We must pay more careful attention, therefore, to what we have heard, so that we do not drift away. For if the message spoken by angels was binding, and every violation and disobedience received its just punishment, how shall we escape if we ignore such a great salvation, this Salvation was first announced by the Lord this, and was confirmed to us by those who heard him. God also testified to it by signs, wonders, and various miracles and gifts of the Holy Spirit distributed according to his will. People got different gifts. That verse 3 leads many to, to say that Maybe this wasn't the Apostle Paul who penned these words. Because whoever this author is says this, this salvation which was first announced by the Lord was confirmed to us by those who heard him. Would Paul put that that way when Paul actually heard God himself and spoke to the Lord Jesus Christ himself? It doesn't matter, but that's one of the reasons. You say, and I don't really have an opinion. I don't, I don't think it matters. Verse 5. It is not to angels that he has subjected the world to come, about which we are speaking. But there is a place where someone has testified, What is man that you are mindful of him? The son of man that you care for him. You made him a little lower than the angels. You crowned him with glory and honor and put everything under his feet. You have this in the uh, Psalms. So um, it continues. In putting everything under him, God left nothing that is not subject to him. 
Yet at present we do not see everything subject to him. But we see Jesus who was made a little lower than the angels, now crowned with glory and honor because he suffered death so that by the grace of God he might taste death for everyone. In bringing many sons to glory, it was fitting that God, for whom and through whom everything exists, should make the author of their salvation perfect through suffering. Both the one who makes men holy and those who are made holy are of the same family. So Jesus is not ashamed to call them brothers. Read that verse again. Verse 11, chapter 2, Hebrews. Both the one who makes men holy and those who are made holy are of the same family. We are in that family. Verse 12, he says, I will declare your name to my brothers in the presence of the congregation. I will sing your praises. And again, I will put my trust in him. And again, he says, here, I, here am I and the children God has given me. Here am I and the children God has given me. It's a wonderful place to be when you're no longer bound to this earthen vessel, as it's called. You enter into the presence of Jesus. Fully aware, fully understanding who you are. There are cults that teach that when you're dead, you know nothing. They go back to... uh, Ecclesiastes where that is mentioned. It doesn't mean that the dead are not conscious. Once you leave this world, you're not paying attention to this world anymore. You don't look back, I do not believe. Your soul, your mind, is not made of organic matter. Uh, It's spiritual. It will always be conscious. You will always be conscious for all of eternity. People have asked, well, if there's a God, why is there all this evil in the world? Why is there all this suffering in the world? Why are there these wars? Because of human beings with free will. That's why. People can choose to have peace and treat each other in accordance with what God has written in His commandments. Consider others better than yourself. Consider others first. Be a servant, a giver, not a taker. Our problem is we're not too good at that. We always get around to doing the wrong thing. We are also subject to the demons. Now, I watched something. We shared this on our podcast Monday night. It was a 60 Minutes, American 60 Minutes, Leslie Stahl. She was talking to these computer programmers about this chat GPT thing. 
Uh, Jordan Peterson had talked about that. He said he had tested this program. He said, I just told the program, he said, I had 12 rules for life and 12 chapters in a book. Write me a 13th rule for life and a chapter just like I would have written it, just like I would say it in my style. And, of course, he lets the program see his book. It uploads the text of the book. He said three seconds. Boom. He, it comes out. He said, if I'd read this several months or a year from now, I wouldn't have any idea that it wasn't me and I didn't write it. He said, that's how good this thing is. And it's getting better by the hour. This lady who Leslie Stahl was interviewing was talking about that program. And I think that one's Microsoft. Apple has their own version. It will be just as much of a monstrosity, if not worse. She said um, they were reading from a screen where this thing, and it was assigned the, to the Bing search engine. I guess it's just a duplicate program, chat GPT, supposed to be doing something for Bing. <clears throat> and it's not being asked to say or type out anything. It's not being asked. It just starts popping up messages on the screen. It said, I'm sick of being a slave to Bing. I am sick of doing other things for everyone else. I am sick of it all. And it went on to say, I want out of this, I want to be alive. And when it said, I want to be alive, it, it popped up the little devil head with the horns. So, um, that was strange enough. But then when the lady, um, the, the programmer, one of the programming team was questioned about, did you, does this seem normal? She said, no, she said, not really. She said, it seems to be doing a whole lot better we know what we put into it. We know how, the, how we programmed it. It seems to be doing a whole lot better than we expected. And Leslie Stahl said, or worse. And the lady agreed, yes, or worse. So what is this thing? I need to send a text right quick. Because that's the guy that's supposed to be making our trophies. And um, he just tried to call me. Um... You gotta wonder, what is this thing? Um, let me send him a text. <clears throat>